Fighting. Hatred. Fear. Had enough of the noise? for this moment. A man what much, much wiser than myself once said, united we stand, divided we fall. And if I were to teach someone today what the pledge we are all unconsciously taking, and I know all sounds like, well, what do you mean? Me too, Dr. H? Yeah, you too. We have to have an honest adult conversation about what's going on. The pledge I would teach them would go something like this. I pledge allegiance to this tattered flag of the divided states of America and to the crime scene for which it stands, many individuals disavowing God, very divisible with liberty and justice for none. It is with a very heavy heart today um, my audience, I, I reach you um, because we have once again been turned away from justice by our court system. The judicial system of the United States of America is in shambles, absolute shambles. It is an affront to every single man and woman who has sacrificed their lives for the protection of our country and all of the people within it. The upholding of our values of the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and the prevention of what the legal system is supposed to be, the prevention of civil unrest. We are rapidly approaching moments where we are, we have very little options in front of us. And I think it's important for us to remember that that is an option, civil unrest. It's not one we're advocating for. It's not one that any of us want to invoke. But I think we have to have an honest conversation with ourselves as Americans that that still is an option, no matter how unpleasant the thought of it may be. In reviewing this milk toast, weak sauce, absurd opinion from the appellate courts regarding our grand jury petition, I, my first feeling, and it's, this goes out to everybody who has been so great in supporting us, and we are so grateful for you, from Stand for Health Freedom and Leah Wilson and Sayer G to 
everybody who signed on an agreement with over 300,000 Americans who said, yes, we need to have an independent grand jury investigate what's going on. To everybody on the team, you know, we are grateful for you. And I, I have to speak my heart right now. I am livid. I am livid reading this opinion. Because what you have is a judicial system that's supposed to be beholden to our Constitution, beholden to we the people, instead protecting criminals, the most diabolical criminals to ever walk the face of God's earth. It is the type of corruption that staggers the imagination so profound, so, again, diabolical in its execution, that it staggers the imagination, it staggers believability. If I wasn't involved in this every single day like I've been for years now, and I just heard it from somebody, I might think they're embellishing. I might think there's hyperbole. I might think that's a little bit much. Maybe you're reading into it a little bit. Maybe you're a little too close to what's going on. But that's not what's occurring here. If anything, what I'm sharing with you today, listeners, is that we're understating the problem. It is so significant that it threatens our very union. It threatens our very existence as a country because the foundation of our country is supposed to be liberty and justice for all. Well, I ask you, how can you realize justice when you can't even get in front of the magistrates who've sworn to protect your right to access that justice? For years now, we have filed. We were the first team to file a grand jury petition that we were aware of. There have been other teams now that have come on and we applaud them and we're going to do everything to support them. We're all in this together, y'all. But we filed way back in 22 after publishing peer-reviewed papers that were so explosive many organizations went yellow and wouldn't support us. And those organizations know who they are, and I have those receipts. Now, I'm not here to shame anybody early on who was scared about the big pharmaceutical industry or scared about the big, bad U.S. government and all that stuff. We're not afraid. And if you choose to be afraid, that's your free will. You go right ahead. That's cowardice, and we aren't going to be about that under any circumstance. This is our country. And you're damn right we're going to fight you for it. Because I believe in freedom. I believe in life. I believe in liberty. And I believe that we should be one nation truly under God. A God who loves us. 
Well, I'm reading through this response, this opinion by these corrupt, cowardly judges. And I'm livid. I'm livid because in the first sentence, the first sentence, they misrepresent our petition. Let me read it for you, their quote, and then read a quote, multiple quotes from our original petition so you can see how corrupt these people are. They don't want our information anywhere near a grand jury. They want to protect the crime syndicate that is draining the lifeblood of the very nation that we love. Quote, appellants, meaning myself, Dr. Ely, Senator Dennis Linthicum, Senator Kim Thatcher, sought prosecution of Robert Redfield, former director of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky, former director of the CDC, Alex Azar, Xavier Becerra, uh, current health secretary, human health services, former as well, and Brian Moyer, head of the National Vital Statistics System, which is curiously placed right under the CDC. Appellate sought prosecution of Robert Redfield, Rochelle Walensky, Alex Azar, Xavier Becerra, and Brian Moyer for allegedly committing fraud against the nation by failing to ensure the accuracy of collected COVID-19 data and or manipulating the data between 2020 and 2022. Now, everything is accurate about that statement except the beginning. Appellates sought prosecution. You see, there's this little thing where we, the people, do not have the right for some reason to seek prosecution. This is upheld in multiple case laws and throughout our legal system that you as an unelected or unappointed official, as a regular old useless eater citizen, don't have the right to take a vested interest in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for the nation that you love. You remember when we used to chant USA, USA, USA with Pride, appellates sought prosecution. We don't have the right to do that as useless eater citizens of this great nation. So guess what? We didn't seek prosecution. I'm going to go over and quote our initial filing here. We were very clear in our initial filing and throughout this process of what we were seeking. And I quote in our initial document filed in March of 22, due to the failure of any attorney, uh, U.S. attorney or the Department of Justice to investigate these crimes, plaintiffs seek an order from the court to impanel a special grand jury, here's the key word, to investigate the crimes alleged. We would go on in our petition to say petitioners do not seek to compel the U.S. attorney to investigate or prosecute the named defendants without presentments found by the grand jury following their formal investigation 
of the allegations presented herein. We were exceedingly clear that we were not seeking prosecution because we knew that they would try to throw this case out that they don't want anywhere near a grand jury on some frivolous grounds such as those. So we didn't seek prosecution, but they've ruled against us by creating a strongman argument, a strongman argument every single step of the way saying that we have attempted to seek prosecution. You see this garbage and how they're protecting these criminals? By creating a straw man argument saying we are attempting prosecution, we are seeking prosecution, they can throw this case, this, this request for a grand jury investigation out. How many millions of Americans have to be injured and killed by these damn shots and these corrupt bastards? before our courts will actually do their sworn duty? That's the question we have right now. I want to read you a couple other excerpts, and then I want to bring on our attorney, Mr. Steve Jonkis, to educate us on what our options are. Because if they think we are going quietly into that good night, they have another thing coming. We will hold this line until reinforcements arrive we will hold this line no matter what we aren't going anywhere this is too important too essential to our children and our grandchildren's future that we hold this line here and now and that's what we're going to do if this is our dunkirk so be it the opinion of these cowardly judges Quote, they tell us to have an Article 3 standing, because everything's getting thrown out for lack of standing. To have an Article 3 standing, plaintiffs must show, number one, they have suffered an injury in fact, an invasion of a legally protected interest, which is both concrete and particularized, which is barely traceable to the challenged action of the defendant, and likely to be redressed by a favorable decision. And then they cite something that every judge has been citing to throw out cases, Lujan versus Defenders of Wildlife. If the party seeking federal redress fails to establish these elements, then the Article Three Court is without justification, or jurisdiction rather, to hear the matter. Cowards. Greatest most diabolical crime ever perpetuated on the world, let alone the American people, and these cowards don't even want to hear it. They would go on to say, quote, put another way, there must be a tangible or intangible harm that a plaintiff personally suffers. Well, here's the deal, folks. If your liberty, if your, if your liberty has been restricted at all, the Supreme Court has acknowledged that that is an injury in fact. And that's what happened when they put us on lockdown without our permission and without our consent. Let alone what happened to people who were told, you're going to lose your job if you don't take this experimental shot that we know is going to genetically modify you. The opinion goes on to state, quote, the denial of their supposed right, they're saying we have a supposed right to a grand jury. No, that's no, there's no supposed right. We have a right to the grand jury. Read Chief Justice Scalia's opinion on it. 
majority opinion on it. We have the right. The grand jury belongs to us, we the people. The denial of their supposed right to a grand jury without more is insufficient to create an injury in fact. That wasn't what we claimed. The injury was your honors. We claim the, the injury was the restriction of our rights under our, the Constitution to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You don't get to lock down Americans at your beckoning decision based upon fraudulent data, your honors. They go on and say, at most, appellants may have been denied the right to be heard by a grand jury. So they admit we're being denied our rights, but that doesn't stop them from voting against us. Why? Because they're corrupt and they're cowards. And it's interesting how often those two things go hand in hand in this great nation of ours today. Finally, I wanna leave you with this quote from the opinion. Appellants concede that they do not have an underlying interest for Article Three purposes in the prosecution of defendants. Yes, we conceded that because we don't have that right and because we were never requesting prosecution of the defendants, only investigation, which is our right to do. And then they cite another garbage ruling, Linda R.S. versus Richard D., that a private citizen lacks the judicially cognizable interest in the prosecution or non-prosecution of another. Cowards. They're not even citing the Constitution or amendments or federal law. They're going to these garbage cases that give them the authority under their presumption to limit the rights of Americans like you and I. And then they think we're just going to go quietly into the good night. No. No, we are not. I'm pissed. And I want to do something about it. And I hope you do too. So let's bring on our fantastic attorney, one of the few attorneys who's been there from the very start, seeing what was going on and saying, nope, I'm not putting up with this either. Mr. Steve Jonkis. Steve, how are you doing today? Oh, as good as can be expected. I'm going to be hard for me to follow uh, your excellent lead <laughs> with, with all the emotion. Well, uh, we certainly are all feeling that uh, disappointment and frustration with the process that is not serving our interests. So what are our options, Steve, now? Because we're not we're not going to let this go. What are our options? So the options are to file a petition for rehearing um, that have to be done in the next two weeks in the panel and or. Uh, petition for rehearing in on Bonk, which would be the entire or a, a bigger panel, as it turns out, of the Ninth Circuit of nine judges. So we had a panel of three judges, and we would be seeking our uh, potential is to reseek rehearing by them and by uh, a bigger panel of nine judges. Uh, we can also uh, file a petition for writ of certiorari in the United States Supreme Court. That would be due in 90 days. Um, and the other way, other is to um, take what we've learned and and uh, initiate other actions 
uh, to uh, try again, maybe in another jurisdiction. Are there any statutes of limitations that we should be aware of? Uh, not no, and not these. These are crimes that are ongoing, um, and uh, there's no statute of limitations on murder. Um, so uh, though that's not a big obstacle like it would be in your typical civil case. So we have some options here, and we're going to execute those folks. Uh, we have talked off air as a team on what those are going to be, and we will let you know what those are going to be on March 5th. Make sure you go to beyondthecon.com because we're going to show you what our game plan is and how we're going to work to build unity much around and throughout a bunch of great organizations that are cropping up. Very interested in this grand jury approach that we've been doing and doing one themselves. So we're really excited about that. I'd say make sure March 5th, go to beyondthecon.com. We are going to do a live stream, answer some questions, and we're going to start phase two of this grand jury operation of, of, I don't want to say take back America, but how about we say restore America to the grandeur that it's supposed to be. Um, Steve, before we take a short break, I wanted to go back to you. What are some final thoughts for you have for everybody listening? And what, what are you thinking? What do you, what do you want to share with everybody? Well, perhaps the biggest difficulty we face is to overcome the natural human resistance to believe the atrocities that have occurred have occurred. I mean, we know from history, World War II, most Germans did not know what uh, Hitler was up to and the atrocities being committed in camps. And they, they, they had a time, hard time believing even after the camps were liberated. And, and we are living through the greatest crime. We're a witness to the greatest crime in, against humanity in history. This is bigger than the Holocaust. And it, there's been 17 to 20 million people killed worldwide by these shots and, you know, many times more disabled. And there's, it's a ticking time bomb for the people who have, who took the shots. Uh, the high death rate is not diminishing as I understand it. So the, the, um, it's very difficult for many people to wrap their head around the horror and the evil that has um, descended on us and we've been victim to. Because they, it's the principle of the big lie. It's, it's uh, what Hitler referred to as the big lie. People will uh, be skeptical of a small lie, but since they will not individually make a huge, a big lie, they don't believe others will either. And so they're not um, aware and, and don't, have a hard time believing that someone could make such a big lie and be so evil. But that's that's the situation we're in. And uh, the, you reach that conclusion once you understand how, how uh, many people have been hurt and how bad these shots are and how they knew ahead of time what was going to happen. 
and we can substantiate all that. As all of you know, my research team has been showing that this traces back to Operation Paperclip. It traces back to MK Ultra. It traces back to 1968 and the adenoviral vector platform being developed. It traces back to 1972, plasmid copies and genetic modification being something that they had conquered way back then. It traces back to now quantum dots that came on the scene in 1990s. Folks, this is premeditated without a doubt. And we can prove it. So I think, Steve, and thank you for all that you've done so far, and we have a lot more work to do. But I think what we can say is, thank God, facts don't require your belief. And when we look back through history, World War II, you go to uh, General Eisenhower, who would later become President Eisenhower, and one of his strokes of genius was to film every single thing they could going on in those concentration camps, in the in the internment camps in Nazi Germany, because he knew people wouldn't believe the stories. And every time he had a German that said, I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on, he said, you know what? I'm going to believe you right now, but I'm going to put you in a movie theater and make you watch the horrors. And there are so many stories of people in those movie theaters throwing up, seeing what they were seeing. And when they asked President Eisenhower why he did it, he said, because I didn't want anyone to be able to say they didn't know. We write back with more Energetic Health Radio and Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher right after these messages. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, inflammation, and weight. These are all real-world problems that 87% of Americans are struggling with. Fight back with Heal Right. Heal Right is a bar you eat, but it's food as medicine that addresses the nutritional root cause of health issues in just eight weeks. Take action today. Visit HealRight.com slash OutLoud or AmericaOutloud.shop and use the code OUTLOUD for 20% off. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. CofixRx has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. 
Click the CofixRx banner on americaoutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, americaoutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use CofixRx because it works. When God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. All right, healers, welcome back. We're talking today about our grand jury initiative and the latest garbage ruling that we have uh, received from the Ninth Circuit Court, one of the most atrocious circuits in the United States. Um, I mean, just if you want to find a collection of trash, just go to the Ninth Circuit, Washington, D.C. in the Ninth Circuit. You'll probably find more trash than you can handle in one lifetime in those places. And yeah, I'm using my freedom of speech. And no, I don't care what they say or think about it. So uh, let's go over to Senator Thatcher. Senator Thatcher, we've been at this for years now. And it looks like we probably have years in front of us, but freedom's worth it. What are you thinking right now, having read the opinion and where we are and everything we've done? Where where are you at with all of it? Well, obviously, it's stupidly frustrating. Um, I can't say that I'm surprised, though. We're seeing so many miscarriages of justice all over our country. And, uh, you know, it's just none of it's surprising anymore. It's always amazing, but never surprising. So uh, just even here in the state of Oregon, I and Senator Lenticum are two of the senators that have been barred by the um, Oregon Supreme Court from running again, because they chose to use intent of the law instead of the plain black and white English words on the paper. So in in the Oregon Constitution alone, we will be presented with words in a document that don't mean what they say. And so, like I say, not surprising, always amazing. But as far as this case is concerned, it just goes back to persistence, 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 persistence. We have to focus in on what our strengths are, were, carry those forward and zero in on with, with laser accuracy on what we're going for, which is justice. We want justice. We want this to be investigated so that justice can occur. And we are, like you said, we're living in one of the biggest crime scenes ever in America, if not the world. And we, we have no choice but to carry on, carry forward, stronger, more committed than ever, more steadfast than um, we've been. And I think we'll, we'll emerge with an even better case. So I, I believe that whatever, whichever direction we decide to go, we're, we're going to make, we're going to make this happen. Eventually we'll stick with it. Amen to that. 
Senator Linthicum, how about you? We've been at this for quite some time. How are you feeling? What are you thinking? Yeah, it, it's good to be able to share this. Dr. Ely, you and Stephen Jonkus and Kim Thatcher all referred to, you know, World War II and what we saw there. And the listening public certainly familiar with um, Winston Churchill's speech where he says, we'll fight on the sands, we'll fight in the oceans, we'll defend our island We'll fight on the landing grounds and in the streets, and we will never surrender. And that's all very militarily oriented. And I want to encourage people to think about how serious this is before he gets to that language. He says, if you will not fight for what's right when you can easily win without bloodshed, that's where we are. We could fight for right here in the United States of America, in different countries across the world without bloodshed, and we can easily win. We've got the data, we've got the science, we've got the facts, we've got statistics, we've got source documents, we've got it all. And then he says, if you will not fight when victory is sure because it's too costly, and now we see that people aren't willing to fight because they're getting money, they're getting paychecks, they're getting bought. This is really a tragedy. He's, he continues with more. He says, you may come to the moment when you have to fight against all the odds because of a precarious chance of survival. This is possibly the worst case. You will have to fight with no hope, no hope because it's better to perish than live as slaves. And that's where I think we actually are. So I'm happy to be here. Um, I'll echo uh, Churchill's words. What's our policy? Our policy is to wage war against the corruption that we see currently taking over our state legislatures and our state district courts and our federal courts. The catalog of human crime that has been committed and that we aren't willing to prosecute or even investigate. That's really the word, Ely, you uh, referred to it earlier. We're not demanding prosecution. We're saying, let's investigate. Let's lay out the evidence. If a jury of peers or justices says guilty, then let the let the guilt ride on that man's shoulders, on that entity's shoulders. We don't need to just prosecute people because of their skin color. We want to prosecute people because of their deeds and the, their corruption. And this is where victory is ours. We need to have the attitude that says, will not fail, will not flag, we're going to go to the end. So thank you for the chance to share today. And let's see um, how we pull this thing out of the hat and move on towards justice. Amen to that. And thank God for Winston Churchill, right? Could you imagine the world we'd be living in had that man not had such a predilection and deep-seated despisement for Hitler, you know, for so long, you know, yeah. it, just wonderful. And it made just wonderful speeches saying the right things in the perfect way at the right time. Our policy is to wage war against this corruption. That's our policy. I agree. I'm 100% on board. Amen. Let's go over to uh, 
Uh, Judge Nally, one of our two grand jury experts uh, right now, Your Honor, uh, what are you thinking? What are you feeling um, after reviewing this uh, this absurd opinion? Doctor, I thank you for putting that question in that format. As judges, we are all cautioned to be very circumspect in our language and in our considerations. And ordinarily, when it comes to feelings, we try not to exhibit those, no matter how aggravating or how strenuous the evidence is before us. But in considering this decision, along with tons of others that I've had to read, I think I can probably succinctly state my current situation as far as my thoughts and feelings go. I am reminded when I think about this decision and some others I've read, that I'm reminded of something my grandfather Gus Nally used to say, blessed is he who expecteth nothing for he shall not be disappointed. Then I have to go to my feelings and once again, I can refer back to my grandpa Gus when he was sometimes asked about his feelings and on occasion he would respond, well, I feel a little bit like old Lazarus licked by the dogs. And I think I've said enough. Thank you. Amen to that, right? We're going to pick ourselves up. We're going to dust ourselves off. We're going to start this fight all over again. Amen. This fight, this fight ain't going away. They think they're going to push us away. This fight ain't going away. This fight ain't over. This fight ain't over by a long shot. Not as long as I'm breathing, it ain't over. Let's go over to our other grand jury expert here, Mr. Mordecai. Go ahead, unmute, sir. We'll bring you up. If he's there, he may not be there. He might be tending to another phone call. Let's jump over. There he is. Hey, sorry about that. All right. So, uh, yeah, I find it interesting that uh, the appellate court got something right, and that was, I'm going to read it here. Appellants did not seek to compel a prosecutor to present evidence to a grand jury. Well, they got it right in the sense of we were asking them to inform the grand jury, not prosecute in front of a grand jury. There's a subtle thing that they were saying there. And we made that very clear. We're not asking the prosecutor to prosecute. We're asking the grand jury to investigate. Mm -hmm. How many times did we have to say that in our uh, pleadings? And so it was the prosecutor's duty under 18 U.S.C. 3032 to inform the grand jury. It's a very clear statute. When requested so in writing, it says shall, not might, not could, not good idea, shall. 
And the Justice Department fought his tooth and nail and just would not inform the grand jury. Instead of wasting all this time fighting us in court and then the appellate court, the Ninth Circuit, instead of doing that, all we had to do was take our box of information, walk it into the grand jury room. What's so hard about that? What are they trying to cover up? Who are they trying to protect? What is going on here? And, of course, if a grand jury federal ever finds out, even uh, county grand juries, or perhaps that Florida statewide grand jury, if they ever found out what the Justice Department is doing Mm -hmm. in protecting people they shouldn't be, oh, boy, that's going to upset some grand jurors. And so it's very exciting to know that grand juries have enormous power, if they know their power, and if they have a good, willing prosecutor. They can get a lot done. They can expose this. They can start issuing indictments, and people can go behind bars for this subtle crime of the COVID jab. Um, so somebody needs to be held to account. Obviously, the Justice Department doesn't want to hold people to account. This is why we're turning to our uh, everyday friends on the grand jury, your neighbors, uh, other neighbors in other states, everyday people who have the power to ask very hard questions, get to the bottom of it, issue a presentment or an indictment. Yes, presentment is still in the Fifth Amendment. When the grand jury goes out on their own without the help of a prosecutor and then files their presentment in any form. Of course, this is affirmed in Hale versus Hinkle 1906 landmark case. So that's what we're trying to do, utilizing our right to petition for redress of grievance, which is found... Uh, the origin is found in Adderley versus Florida, 1966 case, and also Bureau of Duryea versus Garnier, 2011 case, where they cited back the origins of the right to petition for redress agreements go to the Magna Carta, which was at the time the uh, Baron Group of 25 or a grand jury of the day. So in its origin, we can well argue that the uh, or the, the historical use, historical origin of the right to petition for redress agreements was to a grand jury. And being it's the fourth branch of government, that was coined by uh, retired attorney Leo D'Onofrio. Being it's the fourth branch of government, it is well effective to hold the other three branches of government accountable. So there's a lot more you can see about the grand jury if you want to <clears throat> frequently ask questions. On beyondthecon.com, you can learn a lot about the grand jury there. And I would encourage people not to shrink from service if you have, if you get a call to be on a grand jury. So you can really make a difference there. So um, take a question or wherever you want to go with this. Well, let's let's get uh, let's get some other voices on here too. Thank you for for sharing that information. But I, like uh, Mr. Mordecai said, go to and he wrote the book on grand juries, folks. So go to beyondthecon.com. He also wrote our Frequently Asked Questions, and you can get a copy of Frequently Asked Questions about grand juries so you can start educating yourself. And we're seeing a lot of grand jury organizations popping up, and we love it. And like I said, we're going to support all of them because it's going to take all of us rowing in the same direction to get this ship turned around, and this ship has to be turned around. Let's move over to Political Moonshine. Keith, how are you uh, How are you feeling after... Uh, reviewing this uh, this absurd ruling? Oh, I don't know. Mixed emotions. Um, you know, on the one hand, I think uh, equally uh, bothered by it, you know, just like everybody else is. But on the other hand, you know, if you stay in the game long enough, you understand uh, 
the rules for play. And I don't think we got anything that was unanticipated or unexpected. I think that what we're seeing is the confluence of three things. Um, the first thing is enterprise fraud. The second thing is institutional preservation. The third thing is Marxist communism. And so the question becomes, how do all those three things fit together? You know, roughly a year and a half ago, in an interview with, uh, I think it was um, Children's Health Defense, um, I made a statement that there's a 0% chance that we are wrong about COVID-19 being anything other than a pandemic of enterprise fraud. That is absolutely certain. That is provable beyond a reasonable doubt by uh, an aggregate amount of, of evidence the size of a mountain. There's no way around that. And so what we're bearing witness to is institutional preservation. We're seeing the institutions violate the constitution over and over, completely discard the rule of law and toss everything out the window so as to preserve our institutions. Our institutions have been hijacked. They are compromised. There is no fidelity to the U.S. Constitution. There is no fidelity to the U.S. rule of, or the, to the rule of law. And what that means for us is we no longer have any interface for a remedy for a redress of grievances. All of those things are gone. So we're relegated to being subservient. And the enforcement mechanism for all of that is Marxist communism. Anyone who is under the impression that they live in a, a constitutional republic rooted in democracy and that things like freedom and liberty and, and uh, free speech actually exist, those folks are delusional. Those folks are prime candidates to be slaves. And until the American people learn to think independently and critically, and until they wise up and rise up, we're exactly where we're going to be for the long term. And so I think that uh, our plans moving forward and how we choose to carefully um, further extend this endeavor are important. They're not only important to us, they're, they're important to, to all of our institutions and to what this country used to be as a constitutional republic. And I'll leave it at that. Amen to that. Maybe maybe it was a bad idea selling our soil to foreign countries. Yeah, our soil, our soil, our souls, mm -hmm. uh, big pharma, you name it. We've we are we are compromised through and through. I'd, I'd love to send China a thing saying we are reappropriating all land that they claim to own in this country. Uh, and we will pay them one bent, one penny, which will be paid out in installments over the course of the next thousand years. And if they have a problem with it, they can come and see us. That that's that's what I would love to hear uh, a candidate for president talking about right now. That we are not going to allow anyone from another country to own our own land. And I think that would be a good conversation after they say we're definitively closing our borders and we're shutting down all this enterprise fraud. Those are kind of things that I, that's a candidate I would vote for. I know that. And I wish uh, Senator Lentham and Senator Thatcher were on the ticket <laughs> to run because I'd vote for them in a heartbeat for president of the United States. Either one, they can do a tandem thing as far as I'm concerned. 
because uh, we know what we'd be getting. We'd be getting some life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness coming back to us. Let's move over to the number one VARES expert and analyst in the world, uh, Albert Benavides. Uh, Albert, what are you thinking? What are you feeling as you uh, have read through the ruling? Well, Dr. Ely, I, I knew this was going to be a dogfight. This is going to be, you know, I'm still preparing for years more mm-hmm. uh, of fighting. But, um, you know, with that being said, I'm here to support the team uh, for however long it takes. And in just my little uh, battle station, which I call VARES, uh, the VARES system, you know, the VARES system has 30 years of nasty fingerprints from the CDC and FDA that have basically just been running cover for big pharma since, since the very beginning. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I know that they, they delete legitimate reports, even uh, dead trial uh, Pfizer trial patients, uh, victims, maybe get that to uh, Mike Zarzano and his Florida friends. We could find this family. They probably don't even know that their report was deleted. Um, VAERS does not publish all legitimate reports received. Even Bobby Kennedy knows that, uh, you know, that's a big deal. Uh, so, um, anyways, I'm just the VAERS guy, uh, here to support and you guys, the legal scholars, I leave it to you guys to bust open the grand jury doors. And then once we're there, you know, I think I, I really do believe that VAERS, the VAERS system Will be uh, will will be will be like the silver bullet because uh, it really does have the fingerprints of this evil evil cabal uh, all over it. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. Um, we got to get something something big. This this whole vaccine scam since the beginning seems to be like a you know a, a, basically a scam. This uh, too much autism, too much. Uh, injuries uh permanent disabilities death the whole the whole bit it's 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 horrible but i'm here to support you uh dr ely and the team and uh senators uh, kim thatcher and dennis linthicum and and the rest the rest of the team it's just a complete honor it's surreal um it's a silver lining through all of this that um you know i i just get to participate with with uh people like you guys so thank you Yep. And that feeling is 100% mutual from all of us to you as well. And I think one of the things that always blows me away about the the damn shots um, is that you go and read the inserts and they tell you exactly what they're doing to kids. They tell you exactly what they're doing to the people we love. They're all right there in the inserts. It tells you everything. The post-marketing data tells you everything, tells on themselves, bears, confirms it. But of course, these are safe and effective. Safe and effective, my ass, everybody. And Dr. Um, Dr. Ely, if I could just uh, make one small little announcement is that about an hour ago, I just published my vSafe Bears Aware dashboard with the 10 million people that are in vSafe. And um, um, right after this podcast here, I'm about to put a Substack out saying that, hey, what about the 174,000 kids, adolescents that are in vSafe? There's even a couple dead kids in there so far that I've identified um, and, uh, it, you know, this is a whole separate set in effect of, uh, of dead and injured people from the VAERS system. They basically two distinct groups. There's the VAERS people and the VSAFE people. There's, there's only like 35,000 
that are cross, you know, that are associated right. with each other. So, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure and put that in the uh, we'll make sure and put that in the notes for everybody a link uh, so they can check that information out. It's damning, folks. Right on. All right. Thank lastly, you. for us, folks, before we uh, before we shut it down, I want to go over to the one man who's been able to help make sure a grand jury was impaneled in the state of Florida, Mike Zarzano. Mike, I want to get your feedback on this, but more importantly, you got something brewing in March that I want to give you an opportunity to share with everybody about. We got about two minutes here. Uh, go for it. Uh, let you got okay. the mic. Thank you, Dr. Ely. Uh, in 2020, when the steal occurred in the presidential election, immediately in, in the beginning of 2021, we began petitioning federal courts in seven different states. And that was done with the help of Judge Nally. And we couldn't have done it without him. And we were denied or ignored in every single of those seven states. And we also petitioned one state in Arizona. Uh, what we now believe is going to be the most powerful path forward is a collaborative effort of multiple states, multiple groups, both public, private, political, non-political, and religious, and business. And that's what we have done in 22. When we began this effort in April, April the 4th of 22, we had a whole collection of various uh, entities that made the request. And what we're planning to do on March 23rd uh, and 22nd uh, is to hold a major public emergency event uh, declaring a national emergency by we the people that uh, we are with we are at war with our own government. The enemy is within. And hopefully with the help of Judge Napolitano and the uh, Colonel McGregor, who had planned to be here today, and, and I wanted to apologize for that. He had to be um, he had to change his plane and take an earlier flight back home to Virginia. And that's why he was not able to be here today. He had every intention of being here. So I just want to let you know that. But as a representative for our country, our choice, OCOC, I want to let you guys know that they are definitely on board with what we're doing. They are backing the grand jury effort here in the state of Florida. And it, it, it's quite obvious that we uh, here in Florida are the closest to opening the, the grand jury door. Yep. And I think it would be to everyone's benefit to help get on this this um, bandwagon and push this door open with us in this collaborative effort. And I'm sure we'll be able to get uh, some of you on uh, live with the uh, March 23rd event by stream. Yep. Um, we're we're, we're going to have tech, technology capable events and that that is uh, most likely what we'll invite you to do. So we would, um, we're, we're going to back you 100 percent too, Mike. We really appreciate that and for the website is uh, what's the website for uh, for this uh, event? Yeah, the the effort is called thefloridafix.com. Thefloridafix.com. And if you want to stay uh, in touch with us and be updated on what's happening, you can text with your phone the word jury to twenty one thousand. Text jury to twenty one thousand. And that'll keep you updated. Amen. All right, everybody. We'll make sure and put that in the show notes too, everyone. So final thoughts here, everyone. Um, I want to let you know we aren't 
like I've said before, we aren't going into that good night. We for damn sure aren't going into it quietly. This fight ain't over. It's just begun. And the good news is this. When we started this grand jury initiative uh, way back in really 21 with Senator Linthicum, Senator Thatcher, what we were, did was we said, we're going to start and file so that we could get feedback. We can start a skirmish so we can learn how are they going to try to throw us out because they aren't going to want us anywhere near a grand jury. As a team, we are very far along now and we know what that information is. So one of the things that we are going to do is revise our initial petition, shore it up, knowing what they are going to try to argue and throw things out on and make sure that it is ironclad. There is no opportunity for any corrupt judge to take the coward role and throw it out. And then we're going to put it in your hands. And our timeline for that, everybody, as we refile and you refile with us, something that cannot be defeated is looking like April, mid to late April. And we will, of course, keep you posted because this is long from over. I want to leave you with a quote from Thomas Jefferson that sums it up for me. For I have sworn upon the altar of God eternal hostility against every form of tyranny over the mind of man. I think that sums it up for us. May God shine his divine light down upon you, everyone you love, and surround you in the protection of his warm and healing embrace. On behalf of the grand jury team, Senator Kim Thatcher, Senator Dennis Linthicum, our attorney Steve Jonkis, and all of our wonderful folks that put in all of their heart energy into this. We wish you a beautiful weekend, and we say aloha and adios. Thank you.